Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School right here in the heart of Chicago. I pray that you find hope and peace in the message of Christ and Him crucified for you in your life right now. Thank you for listening. And please, if you'd like to support the mission going on right here, uh, please go to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org to donate. Thank you. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Empathy is a word that's thrown around a lot. It's the uh, 2021 version of respect word, when that was popular, respect, right? And you're always telling kids to respect one another to the point where they all say it, all the, oh, I respect you, but they do it. We kind of think if we say it, and then we can do and say whatever we want to, as long as we said, I respect you, right? Kind of like uh, I love, um, no, whenever someone tells you no offense to you, you're about to be what? Offended. Yeah, but because they said no offense, they can say whatever they want to, right? Uh, no offense, but, and then they just nail you, right? That's 21st century, uh, we're just loving everybody. Empathy's become that too, right? We love that word, but I've discovered that we don't know what it means, and we don't practice it. This week, in a real way, this, uh, this month, our school uh, has a goal of uh, helping people with social-emotional learning, right? To check their emotions, to use their brain, to recognize feelings, uh, to be calm and deal with one another. And one of the themes uh, this year and this month is empathy, right? Walking in someone's shoes, imagining yourself, doing the work to imagine yourself walking in someone else's shoes to get where they are coming from. It doesn't mean that you come to the same conclusion or that you agree or they're not nuts or wrong, but it helps you to have a good dialogue with somebody and not just treat people like they don't know what they're talking about, they're crazy, etc. To get where they're coming from, right? To have empathy. It's huge. It's so important, right? Well, I think we're teaching that at St. James. Uh, I'm sure we are. But uh, this last week we had this class and I realized that empathy really when it comes to these guys, my eighth graders, well, it kind of stops at people you like. So you're empathetic with somebody you want to be empathetic with, but once you start talking about an enemy or a bad person, oh my gosh, there's no empathy, they're awful, going to hell, terrible, no forgiveness. I mean, it was like that. Now, granted, it's eighth grade, except for Michael, obviously he was not doing this. Um, but this is what we all do. Okay, so let's not just lay it on them. Like, we're all like that. We love, just like the word respect, respect. We love that. We love empathy. But when it comes to actually using it when it's needed, such as with an enemy, all out the window, we throw people to the sharks. It was hilarious, the shock when I told people that someone on death row actually is forgiven by Jesus. They are? No empathy. Or the ability to relate that I noticed for eighth graders, I think all of us, as a sinner to someone else who's a sinner. Oh, I mean, yes, I'm a sinner. You know, I go five over the speed limit. But that person, they are a monster, right? Empathy. 
I say this, and I think empathy is so important because it's really what today's gospel lesson is all about, the incarnation, which also caused quite a shock in my class as well. What do we see that's about empathy in Matthew chapter 1? First, it begins here. Joseph and Mary are engaged. Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant and it isn't his. Now you would be on Instagram talking about what a so-and-so she is. But notice what we have with, Dave, with, uh, with Joseph. I think, we don't, we're not told this, I think empathy. Matthew tells us that he's a just person, and a just person is empathetic. They understand where you come from. doesn't mean there's no law, right or wrong, but you understand where people are coming from. And what does Joseph do? He just wants to take care of it quietly and show mercy. And I wonder if that was because he was empathetic to Mary. And he didn't know what was going on, by the way. Now, as we know, what happens? I have a dream. What's his dream? Gabriel says this is not an affair. This is, in fact, the Son of God. In fact, so much so the Son of God. Not a good guy, not a great prophet, not a wonderful leader or king. This is the Son of God, so much so that he's going to be called what? Emmanuel, God with us. Talk about walking in someone else's shoes. God, through whom all things are made, Jesus. And we messed all this up because we're so very not empathetic, loving, or kind. Instead of leaving us in our situation, he's going to literally, literally walk in your shoes. Literally. God became man in Mary. When he was born, he became, whether you like it or not, a part of your family tree. And this was the next thing that shocked my eighth graders when I told them, and I like to do, maybe I say provocative things, yes. I told them, when you get married, if you're so fortunate, you will marry someone you're related to. And that blew their minds. What are you talking about? Am I right, Michael? Was that not quite a shock? And that blew my mind because I'm thinking, how are you not getting this? You're all related. What? And uh, they tried to get Miss G into this here, and she smartly uh, stayed, out, stayed out of this. You're all related. I mean, whether, whether you are an atheist evolutionist or love the creation story, it is clear and evidential that all human beings go back to a mom and a dad. They do. We've mapped up the DNA. You're 99.9% the same thing. You're not that unique either. That even more shocked everybody. You're a human being. The word race is, no, is not a genetic or biological term. Cultural. And when Jesus, when God took on flesh, he united himself, God, in your DNA of all humanity from Adam including you. Talk about empathy. Jesus does walk in human beings' shoes. This is very, very important. He brought us all into himself, literally 
and physically, genetically, the whole nine yards. When we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating the divine limiting himself, coming into our creation and being us for us and understanding us. Because the incarnation is not just about physically becomes us and now is related to you right now. But he experienced the human experience too. As a young boy, I mean, think about it. God took on flesh. He didn't just sort of appear as a king or an adult or a strong young person, right? He does the whole human experience. When we say God with us, when we say that God takes on man, becomes man, we mean it. He did it. Walked through our shoes from an embryo to a little baby through the birth canal through the troubles of being a child to a middle class, probably pro, you know, a working class sort of family and the struggles of a dad and being a son and being, having to be obedient when maybe you don't want to, doing your chores, coming to church on Sundays when you'd rather play something else. Everything he's experienced. And this, was very, this is very important. Because we seem to teach, a, we, we, we teach two different things contradictory. That you're supposed to be empathetic and try to understand one another. But we're also teaching in our society that you are all so unique. And have such a narrative that no one could ever understand your story. It's ridiculous. You can't teach both those things. You're not that unique. Jesus experienced the human experience. There's different flavors of it, sure, and we should listen and validate someone else's feelings, absolutely, of course, and never sort of author, you know, be authority over them, how they're supposed to feel. No, you're not supposed to do that. But the idea that we can't imagine other experiences is ridiculous, and it robs what Jesus does. God became man includes experience, the human experience of being abused, or being the abuser, of being the rich and powerful leading class as the son of God, right? He could have just pulled his card. I'm the, I am the aristocracy, right? And then God. He experienced being a Jew under Roman rule. But how about this? Hebrews chapter 4 at the end tells us every temptation You've not experienced anything that God has not experienced. I'm talking about every temptation. I'm talking about those people that you're not empathetic for. He experienced the temptation toward that. I don't care. Sexuality, greed, power, need, the temptation of selfishness, hate and anger, violence, pushing people away. The writer of Hebrews says, every temptation, God made man fully united himself with who we are. The ultimate empathetic act. Think about this. So that you, my friends, I don't, don't listen to them. There's not an experience 
or narrative that you have that makes you so different and so dislocated from society, let alone God. He has felt it, done it, he gets it. So whether you're struggling with a sin, see, Satan loves us to think that we have our own individual untouchable narratives. Because it gives you pride, no one can talk to me, but ultimately because it gives you isolation. No one can understand me. And Satan loves to make you think that you are a freak and a monster or a king, but never in between. Jesus gets it. You can't have a guilt or a shame or a fear that he doesn't get, that he was not tempted with. Think about that today, tomorrow, and your struggles and your fears, whatever that is. But God taking flesh, he didn't just do it to feel it, to understand, or to say it's okay. He's not saying that. But he did it. He took on our flesh, wrapped it all into himself. Paul, St. Paul says, he became sin who knew no sin. He took on our flesh to raise us up, to do everything and go through everything we do, but to do it right. But more importantly, this little baby grows up and he takes you literally, biologically, genetically, spiritually to the cross. And there when he was punished and where he died, you literally died. Judgment day has happened and Christ received it for humanity in himself. And three days later, rose again. So that just as he was born into our flesh and became empathetic and forgives us and changed us and has fixed us, in baptism, you're born again into him, into Christ. You are raised up and are a new person. This is huge, isn't it? You are incarnate. You are a child of God. He is your brother, Jesus is. And you have a new hope and a new future forever. Intertwined and united, as Paul says in baptism, with Jesus. His destiny is yours. That's beautiful. He died and he rose. You will die. You will rise. It will be Okay, and if you ever doubt and if you ever think nobody understands, God literally does so that you can approach him and you can pray to him and you can tell him whatever you are thinking or feeling or what you have done, he gets it, forgives it. In Jesus' name, amen.